on news night office of the president gets two billion cd budget the minority is accusing the office of reckless expenditure this is the office that is supposed to be signaling to the whole government how to be responsible in our fiscal management and that is the office that is really guilty of being fiscally irresponsible we have details as minority chief whip calls for the disbandment of development organizations created under the office of the president. Do you actually need a new government entity to drill boreholes? You don't. It is a waste of resources and only a pretext to go and put more resources under the presidency. Also tonight, President Akufuado is fighting on the tag of being a clearing agent who clears his appointees of corruption before the courts get a chance to hear the substantive matter. It is not my job to clear or convict any person accused of wrongdoing or of engaging in acts of wrongdoing, despite the effort of some to tag me as a clearing agent. We have details as he proclaims his administration has exhibited utmost good faith in the fight against corruption. Also tonight, some NDC MPs demand the immediate resignation of the controller and accountant general after he picked forms to contest the Akim Stradro parliamentary primaries. I think it's a classical example of Yentubia. I think it's important that he is not only resigning, or he shouldn't only resign, but also be investigated. You are the Accountant General of the Republic of Ghana. If you decide to engage in partisan politics, then you need to exit from office. In business, bank treasurers expect recent pressure on city to ease in coming days as forex demand slows. And in sports, Brighton boss Roberto Di Zerbi hits out at Black Stars head coach Chris Hutton after injured Tariq Lamte named in Ghana's provisional Afghan squad. And then later, Kroksag is heading to the Supreme Court to take on the government for appointment of individuals into the public service using the Presidential Office Act. The association says the situation will severely impair the service. The use of the Presidential Office Act in appointing officers into the civil service and local government service is contrary to the Supreme Court ruling on neutrality. In view of the foregoing, Klosak has instructed its lawyers to file a writ at the Supreme Court for redress. Well, details as executive secretary of the association also claims government is weakening the civil and local government services with the creation of numerous commissions and authorities. There is a need for government to evaluate the impact of these commissions and authorities that has been carved out of the civil and local government services. Government should be bold enough to revert these institutions to the civil service and the local government service. Uh, you want to stay with us for all of that here on News 9. We start tonight from Parliament where the minority say the office of the president is engaged in reckless and irresponsible expenditure after so many institutions under the office were cited by the Finance Committee for overspending their budget. The Chief of Staff's office, the Press office and Cabinet Secretariat all spent way more uh, than they actually was budgeted to spend. Ranking member on the Finance Committee, Isaac Adungo, questioned where the office found the extra money to spend and charged it to show leadership. ...of the president, they are very worried. Mr. Speaker, if you look at the, the, the unit under the office of the president, you will notice that the chief of staff secretariat, the chief of staff secretariat, which is at the heart of the office of the president, is very reckless in government expenditure. Mr. Speaker, how on earth can you get releases of 131 million 
and be able to spend 144 million. You are giving 133 million, but you magically spend 144 million. How do you get that money? So it means something wrong is happening there. That the office or the, the, the chief of staff is able to make expenditures irrespective of whether you make releases to the office or not. And we need to get to the bottom of how that office is able to make the money to spend when it has not even been released, those money. Said that when we release 131, we expect you to spend 131 million, you spend 144 million, and we don't know where you get that money from. Mr. Speaker, you can look at the cabinet secretariat. The cabinet secretariat had a budget of 4.5 million, and by September, we are not even at the end of the year, by September, they are spending 7.6 million. So clearly, the office of the president is not part of our budget. Half of them, they spend as they wish. They don't care about appropriation, and all they are doing is spending money that you don't know how they got it. That when you budget for 4.5, in September, you haven't ended the year, they are already doing 7.6. Actually, overspending their budgeted by September of almost 3 million, which is against the Public Financial Management Act. Mr. Speaker, look at the press secretariat. The press secretariat was released 89 million, uh, 89,000, sorry, but they spent 152,000. I don't know how the office of the president is able to find those monies that it has not been given. That when you release 89 million, uh, 89,000, and you expect them to spend 89,000, they will spend 152. So, Mr. Speaker, this is the office that is supposed to be signaling to the whole government how to be responsible in our fiscal management. And that is the office that is really guilty of being fiscally irresponsible. Well, let's stay in the House. Let's bring in uh, Kweku, uh, my uh, parliamentary correspondent who joins me now. Kweku, how much exactly did the office of the president get? The office is getting in excess of 2.2 billion Ghana cities. I mean, if you compare it to previous estimates, for instance, last year, the House, approved just a little about 1.3 billion for the, 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 the office of the government machinery, which includes the office of the president and all the offices that are under the, under the office of, of, the, of, the, of the president. And so that is just about 700 million Ghana cities increase. And the minority are raising significant concerns about the propriety of that. You just heard Isaac Adumo recount all the offices under the presidency over, over spending how much was actually budgeted for them. Then we heard from government, Kwame Agboja, who is the minority chief web, who is taking on government. You know, under the first term of the president, he set up some ministries, special development initiatives, Zongo Development Ministry. In his second term, he decided to collapse them as ministries and make them specialized institutions under his office. Government Agboja says those institutions are all just a waste of resources and must be disbanded. Mr. Speaker, what actually is the use of the development authorities? Complete waste. It's just a Congo for nothing. Mr. Speaker, Koda started a project, a six-unit project, a classroom project in my constituency. It's been abandoned for ages. Get Fund could have done that. What is the point of asking Northern De uh, Coastal Development Authority to go and build a classroom? Has Get Fund failed to do so? Get Fund is unable to do these things because they don't have the money. Then you go and create another Congo and then call it uh, and staff it with all manner of people and then say that you can go and award a six-unit classroom block. Mr. Speaker, then you go and put the money under the presidency. Mr. Speaker, I think this house should be thinking of actually considering some of the things we do in this house. In fact, sometimes you cannot blame government for because we passed it. And I remember the majority leader 
told us how the, 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 the setting up of the development authorities was going to be a game changer, was going to make things better. Today, even once the one six unit plant is broken at Aku, have been abandoned. So where is the where are the promises you gave you gave us, Mr. Speaker? We should have been trying to actually receive some of the decisions. The development authorities can be collapsed today. It will actually give better value for money for our country. Are you saying that the engineers at the assembly, if the assembly common fund is given to them, the engineers and the education directorate at the assembly could not have gone to build a, a city classroom block? Drill boreholes. Do you actually need a new government entity to drill boreholes? You don't. It is a waste of resources and only a pretext to go and put more resources under the presidency. And guess what? When they put the money under the presidency, we have do that location, they hardly give their money to those organizations. They spend it anyhow they like. This is and Kweku, there's a suspicion um, from the minority side that this may be related to the elections, this, this significant increase in the budget allocation. Yes, uh, according to Dr. Kisilatopos and the minority leader, it appears the, 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 the amount of money that has been given to the Office of Government Machinery. And if you look at it, a huge chunk of it is going to go to the Office of the President, which has the Vice President's Office, among others, under that, under that umbrella body. According to Dr. Kisilatopos, it appears all this is just to give the president some blank check to spend in 2024 to vote to, to buy votes in that election. In fact, CAPES, capital expenditure alone at the office of the president in particular is 67 million Ghana cities. 67 million Ghana cities. What at all are they purchasing? Capital expenditure. Are they, how many cars are they buying? To the extent that they will have to budget 67 million Ghana cities for capital expenditure. This figure, largely this amount is for the purchases of cars. My concern is, is it because election is staring at us? And is that the reason why? And that is the question I'm asking. Is it because election is staring at us? And that is why the Office of Government Machinery Budget has moved from 1.4 billion to 2 million, uh, to 2 billion. Or is it because of the elections? That is why the office of the president in particular, the budget for the office of the president has been increased from about 400 million to 1 billion Ghana cities. 400 million to about 1 billion Ghana cities. Of which, of which, goods and services alone amounting to 450.6 million Ghana cities, goods and services alone. What at all are they using this money for? Goods and services. Because this is according to the budget statement before us. The speaker, these are things that I believe that this House must call and demand answers from the office of the president. The speaker, chief of staff's office, is where most of this expenditure is concentrated, particularly the special operations account. And the details as was presented by the office of the president in the document that were submitted to the finance committee. The speaker, is something that we should all be worried about. Kweku, did we get a reaction from the majority side? None. There was no reaction. In fact, today there was such a spectacle in the House. Almost all the governmental agencies' issues that have had to be discussed on the floor, there was no majority MP debating it. It was only the majority MP, maybe a chairman of a committee, in this instance, the finance committee, moving the motion and getting it seconded. But just the entire debate is, is populated with the minority. So on this case of the Office of Government Machinery, we have from so many minority MPs, including Harun Raidwisu, 
Roxy Nelson, all of them raising significant issues, but there was no response from the majority side. None of them actually even debated or said a word about the entire thing. The deputy speaker just had to put the question. And this time around, also, that's why the concerns the minority raised, they did not vote against it and it was approved. Okay, quick, quick, thank you very much. And uh, this is definitely an issue that uh, we'll get into. Uh, you want to stay with us uh, for that and more as we keep a close eye on Parliament. Uh, and quick, quick, Parliament is still on course to rise tomorrow, correct? Yes, Evans, uh, after this plan, tomorrow they expect that they'll be able to deal with the remainder of the budget estimates that they have. There are just a few ministries, departments and agencies which have not had their, um, uh, their estimates approved. And so... They expect to do so. In fact, the Speaker of Parliament is clear that MPs must sit very early tomorrow so that they can be able to deal with this and not usually the last day going too deep into the night. Also, the tax bills that came as part of the 2024 budget, the 100 Ghana cities that you'd have to pay if you use a petrol or diesel car will be taken tomorrow. The 20% hike in the VAT rate on Akmetishi and other set drinks will be taken tomorrow. So tomorrow is just a busy day. The House was expecting to do some of that today, but the Speaker of Parliament and the parliamentary service are holding a carol, carol service. And so they've had to ditch some of these business to tomorrow and go and have the carol service with the vice president is expected to be the, the, the special guest of honor. Quickly, uh, thank you very much. And let's stay uh, in parliament a while longer because there's pressure uh, on the controller and accountant general, Kwesi, Queening uh, Busumping, to resign after picking forms to contest in the upcoming MPP primaries. The government's chief accountant will be contesting uh, incumbent MP Kennedy Nyako for the Akim Stradrow seat. Now, despite picking nomination forms, Kwesi Queening uh, Busumping continues to remain in office despite calls to step aside. Now, first, let's listen to the Akim Stradrow MPP Constituency Secretary Daniel Intri confirming his picking of nominations yesterday. As at close of work yesterday, three aspirants have picked forms to contest for the parliamentary seat for Achim Swedro. And these are uh, the sitting MP that is Honorable Kennedy Osenyako. Uh, he was followed by Mr. Jerome Kwame Akodo and then Mr. Kwesi Kwenimbosumpim, the controller and accountant general. These are people who are well known in the constituency. So for us, I do not think um, it's really prudent to you know, go into all this for now. For now, I wouldn't be in a position to, to, to tell. Uh, I think this, this is incumbent upon the uh, vetting committee yeah, to find out at the appropriate time. But as an insider, you are not aware whether he has resigned or not? No, for now, I don't have any information to that effect. Well, this came up in Parliament today. Uh, the MPP MPs are pretty silent on the matter, but NDC MPs Mutala Mohammed and Roxy Nelson Dafiamepo argued that it was unacceptable that the Controller and Accountant General was still at post. I think it's a classical example of Ian Tuobia. I think it's important that he is not only resigning, or he shouldn't only resign, but also be investigated. You remember my colleague, Honorable Edward Bauer, made a wild allegations against him. My expectation was that by now the office of the special prosecutor would have commenced some investigation into this matter. If indeed he had some um, delegates in his constituency on a payroll, how was he paying them? I think that it ought to be looked at, particularly the critical role he plays as far as the accounting and finances of this country is concerned. The salary of every public officer 
is managed and controlled by him. The extent to which he ought to distance himself from politics, he may do, but not partisan politics. For him to get engaged in partisan politics and still holding his office is, is just incredible. Because frankly speaking, I, I was expecting that even if he wanted to contest, he would have resigned. Must it take people to demand that he resigns? I mean, I find it extremely difficult. To be very honest with you, under this government, you find it very difficult to identify, you know, a semblance of an independent state institution in a democracy. You find it very difficult to see this. If the man is failing to do so, I believe the president would have asked him to resign. It simply doesn't make, make sense. So I will support the call that he should resign if he wants to contest an elections. And I would urge the office of the special prosecutor to commence investigation into this matter. It's, it's such an important matter and we need to, as a people, we need to look at our governance structure and we need to revisit the ethos and the spirits that underpin our constitution and constitutional governance process. You are the Accountant General of the Republic of Ghana. If you decide to engage in partisan politics, then you need to exit from office because the, the constitution is not saying don't engage in politics, but it says that if you are a public servant, don't engage in partisan politics. So once you decide to engage in partisan politics, then you must leave that space for persons who want to be non-partisan, non-politically aligned to occupy the space and serve the people. In addition to the Accountant General, all these is who are now regarded as public servants and who have gone on to become parliamentary candidates for the new patriotic party in the various constituencies ought to be resigning. Let's bring in lawyer uh, Martin Kibu into the conversation right now. Martin, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. Yeah, you're welcome, Evans. Why do you stand on this legally? What does the law oh, say about it? Evans, apparently the law has changed and we hadn't seen it. Yeah. You know, uh, if you look at the case of Clark's attorney general, the Supreme Court has changed the law. But I think because there was an earlier decision, this NDC MPP case, the one there was a Ministry of Finance Chief Director who sought to contest as an MP, and the case went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court held that the time of resignation would be when he's officially presented by his party to the EC. That's when he's nominated. So I think we just thought that the Clockstar case says the same. That is not true. The Clockstar case actually says that, listen, if a, a, this a civil servant becomes overt in his uh, political affiliation, then he has to resign. It's not just about nomination alone. Let me read uh, a part of it. There's the last page. Listen, it, it, apart from talking about nomination, this is what it says. It says that upon a true and proper interpretation of the Constitution, a member of the civil service or local government service does not have the right to remain a member of the civil service or local government service after his or her nomination by a political party or otherwise to contest for election as a member of parliament. Full stop. Then it says, moreover, such a person shall resign from his or her office immediately his or her political activities become overt. That's the conclusion side. But if you come in the middle, Chief Justice Sofia Kufu analyzes it further and says that no, they are not interested in uh, 
civil servants who are politically affiliated because it affects decision making in the civil service. Okay, so that's very, very, very clear. So the law is changed. It's changed, and it's not going to affect only Mr. Uh, what is called uh, the controller and accountant general. It goes for all those persons who are named in Article 94, Clause 3. So people in the police service, people in the fire service, armed forces, judicial service, statistical service, all of them, you name them. It says once your activities become overt, then that's the time to resign. So, Evans, the point is this. If you announce to the public that you intend to contest this seat, that's overt. If you begin to campaign for the primaries, what is more, more overt than campaigning in the primaries? In, in this case, it's so picked up nomination let's make forms. a list of all of them. They have to resign now. They, this clock side case is very clear. It says you can't stay in the civil service once your affiliation and your activities become overt. So meaning you can be a member of a political party, fine. That's not a problem. But as soon as you begin to do overt or undertake overt activities with that p- political party, then you are gone. You are gone. There's no, uh, you can't be salvaged. It's very clear. In this case, it's picked up nomination forms. You say that qualifies as overt? Absolutely. And he's already campaigning. He's campaigning. He has a campaign team. It's overt. This is, look, this is beyond redemption. This is beyond redemption. You just have to go because it says that when you read from pages uh, 200 and, um, 208 onwards, all the analysis the Supreme Court did, they are very clear that when a civil servant does that becomes overt, it affects the neutrality of the civil service, the neutrality and, all, and the decision-making processes and everything. They say it even breeds corruption and all those things. Yeah, it's a full, maybe we can even have a full discussion on this decision. Yeah, the court was very clear. But but do, do, right. do you, do, do some also debate that the Controller Accountant General's department, does it qualify strictly as one, as a position like that, does it qualify as a civil service position? Does it qualify? Sorry, I didn't as, as a civil part. service position, is it civil servant strictly speaking? Some some may create the distinction between that and the public service, and that he it, it, it doesn't necessarily uh, come under the civil service so defined. Oh no, this okay. So the court explained in a different decision uh, that's Adra, but let me Adra versus uh, Attorney General. What they said is that members of a ministry are part of the civil service. As far as I'm aware, the controller and accountant general's department is part of the Ministry of Finance, correct? Controller and accountant general is part of Ministry of Finance. He reports to the Minister of Finance. He's squarely within the civil service. The ones that are not, they've mentioned. So in the ADRA case, the Supreme Court said that one big organization, can you imagine, GES. So GES like this. It's not in the civil service. So if a teacher is uh, this in, uh, what, teaching and wants to contest and all that, no, it's not disqualified. They've, they've indicated those they want to disqualify. But Evans, what we cannot run away from is that the controller and accountant general is it's a department. It's under the Ministry of Finance. Yes. So it's caught. 
and members of a ministry are civil servants. That is the decision of the Supreme Court in Adra versus Attorney General. They were all held in the same uh, this year. I think was that 2017? Yes. So, the, what's the name of the controller again? Is it Mr. Busumchi? Mr. Queening, yes, Mr. Queening Busumpim. Ah, so Mr. Queening Busumchi, we expect him to resign first thing tomorrow morning. Yes, first well, thing tomorrow morning. He shouldn't even enter, of course, he has to enter his office to pack. But that's it, he's done. This, this, this decision is very clear. They say when you are overt. So, all we have to do is as a nation, do we all accept that? somebody announcing and constituting a campaign team and beginning to campaign. If that doesn't uh, doesn't amount to overt political affiliation, then I wonder if any other activity will qualify as overt political affiliation. Well, when we last checked, this is a few hours ago, he was still in office, although he had picked up the forms. So if he doesn't resign by himself, what happens? Uh, So it means that somebody must be heading to their courts quickly to uh, get the necessary orders. He has to just go. This shouldn't, it's, it's, it's clear. I mean, let's not delude ourselves. The word overt is clear because so for Kufi may declare that they don't want a civil servant going to the marketplace and announcing to the people that he is MPP or NDC. They don't want a civil servant broadcasting in the marketplace. So when you say you are going to contest and you've announced it on various media, hey, is that not bigger than a marketplace? Ah, Mr. Abusumpe didn't, uh, Mr. Abusumpe didn't, uh, didn't calculate well. This one, uh, he just has to go. And it's not only him. So as I've mentioned earlier, all the other services mentioned in Article 94, Clause 3, you see the list. Uh-huh, police service, armed forces, all of them, statistical service, judicial service, all legal services, all of them is the same ratio because they say, listen, they don't want these politicians in the civil service do we want politicians in the police service do we want politicians in the armed armed forces do we want politicians in the judicial service no so you can be a member of a political party but quietly don't go flaunting it i'm mpp i'm ndc all over the place no 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 quiet yes it's your right to belong as long as you are not doing anything overt wearing party t-shirts at the workplace all those, those are overt activities. But if you're just quiet, you're a member of the party, yes, but you haven't gone to the marketplace to broadcast, you haven't come to sit on TV to broadcast, that one, no, you can uh, stay in office. But the moment you are broadcasting and doing things overt in the civil service, and by extension, all the other services mentioned, Article 94, Clause 3, you have to resign. Well, thank you very much, uh, Martin Kibu. There, well, as we speak tonight, the Controller and Accountant General, uh, Chrissy Queening Busan Pim, remains in office. Uh, we'll see if anything changes tomorrow. But talking about the politicization of the civil service tonight, the uh, Civil and Local Government Staff Association, they have a complaint about that. But this time, it revolves around the Presidential Office Act 1993. And they say the president has been using it, the executive has been using that to appoint uh, politicians into the civil service. And they have uh, announced today that uh, they have instructed their lawyers to head to the apex court to seek redress on the issue listen to isaac bampuado who is executive secretary gloucester would keep reminding the authorities of the need to do away with politicization of the services 
It has been observed that the Presidential Office Act 1993 at 463 has been the legal instrument that has emboldened governments to pursue the politicization of the services. Even though the Presidential Office Act empowers the President to appoint into the services, it does not specify any qualification and competencies as well as experience required for entry into the services. Therefore, these political apparatchiks and goro boys oftentimes enter the civil service and the local government service without the requisite qualifications and experience. Worst of all, they are made to superintend over career officers within the civil service and the local government service. From the ruling of the Supreme Court on neutrality in June 2017, it was made clear that no civil servant must owe or seem to owe appointment or promotion to partisan activities since visible partisanship by civil servants would severely impair, if not destroy, the public perception of neutrality. Thus, the use of the Presidential Office Act in appointing officers into the civil service and local government service is contrary to the Supreme Court ruling on neutrality. In view of the foregoing, Klossack has instructed its lawyers to file a writ at the Supreme Court for redress. Well, Klossack also attributed the current economic crisis to the neglect of staff of the civil and local government services. It is worrying to note that the neglect of the civil service at the central and local levels of governance over the years has landed us in this economic mess that needed the IMF to come in to strengthen up things for us. Klossak has already been making mention of Guru Boys and Apparatchis that have taken over the ministries. And as you are aware, civil servants are policy initiators on governance. Now, these Apparatchis have no experience in public finance. So that's not, we are not surprised. Now, almost all their policies have failed. I can give an example of E-Level that's failed because they don't understand how the system works. So we are saying, allow civil servants to do their work. This is not private funding, this is public finance. So you cannot just come from the private sector and until you know everything about the civil service. So these are the things that have brought us to this mess. It's a policy failure. All our revenue policies have failed. You can name them. Property rate, name them. All have failed. You're still live your news tonight is on Joy 99.7 FM. Still ahead, President Akufado is tonight fighting off the tag of being a clearing agent who clears his appointees of corruption even before they go before the courts. It is not my job to clear or convict any person accused of wrongdoing or of engaging in acts of wrongdoing, despite the effort of some to tag me as a clearing agent. We have details as he declares his administration has exhibited utmost good faith in the fight against corruption. George, your face here with business. Hello, George. Hi, Ivan. I am counting down to Christmas, <laughs> but even more so to the Joy family party in the park on the 26th At of the December. At the Botanical Gardens. At the Ebri Botanical Gardens. You know, you go I'm looking forward to seeing you and your fiancé. And, and my family And, and well. your fiancé. Yes, of course, because, you know, there's some events that you oh, go. Oh, you bring your fiancé yeah, along. Yeah, some events that you go oh, that no, you there's nothing, along. there's nothing for the family. Now, you have the beer village, everything is actually there for the family, oh, you the, the kids beer and everything. Village. So, oh, yes, listen, yes. you don't have to miss out the live band and also the artist performance as well. So, you have to be there on Tuesday 
are the Brie Botanical Gardens. Uh, special attraction, side attraction. <laughs> George's fiancé. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm licking my lips right now. What do you have? All right, Evans, coming up in business, bank treasures expect recent pressure on CD to ease in the coming days as forex demand slows. And we'll be hearing from the World Bank country director whether the economy has really turned the corner. The business news on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Kingdom Books and Stationers and Tanks and Pepsodent Hebal and Chaco. Strutting into the most anticipated wedding of the year. Ah, only to see seven other girls wearing your exact same outfit. Ah! You are special and one of a kind. And that's why whether it's voice, data or SMS, you get to enjoy personalized offers tailored to your specific needs with MTN Jets for you. Dial star 141 hash or select your options on the My MTN app to redeem your unique Just For You package on Ghana's best mobile network. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD campus, UC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764109 or 762792visit our website www.kingdomgh.com Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana and now introduces the customer specs order which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of seven years which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168, Kumasi 0505-555-666 or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a year strong, a year tough. The world awaits this. The journey begins in Accra. Prepare to witness a global spectacle. Africa's biggest theoretical venture. The second coming of Nkrumah by Latif Abubakar. Our independence is meaningless unless it links up the total break of the African continent. Experience the fusion of captivating drama. Vibrant dances capturing the spirit of Africa. Freedom. 
Live at the Crime International Conference Center, 28th, 29th, and 30th of December, 2023. Two shows each day, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Dial star 711 star 10 hush to purchase or visit theafricanfestival.com. Tickets are also available at Koala, Airport Shell, Joy FM, and Bachona Total. Call 0571 900 900 for details. The second coming of Inchroma, Africa's biggest theatrical venture, is brought to you by MNC Group Global in partnership with Joy Entertainment and Graphic News Plus are powered by the African Festival. The luckiest, luck is everywhere for everyone. Keep buying your luckiest ticket with Star 712 Hash as an individual, a group, an association, or even a community, and stand a chance of winning in the community draw or the ultimate draw on 23rd of December. Be the luckiest on Star 712 Hash and win millions. Ticket sale starts on October 4th, 2023, and draw date is on 23rd December 2023. Play responsibly, not for persons under 18 years. This promotion is regulated by the NLA on the Caritas platform. Win millions on Star 712. You could be the luckiest. These Dream World Ghana presents Effia Live! Live! Saturday, 23rd December 2023, at the Accra International Conference Center. This electric concert brings you an unforgettable night, featuring a star studded lineup of Ghanaian artists and thrilling performances. Tickets 200 Ghana Cities Ordinary, 350 Ghana Cities VIP, and 500 Ghana Cities VVIP. Dial star 714 star 600 hush to buy your tickets. Partners, Live Connect, Jeanette Services, and Gingam Entertainment. Media Partners, Joy FM. Joy Prime. For more information, please call 0557-710-000 or 0508-856-200 or 0244-745-302 or visit www.fialive.com. You welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, World Bank Country Director Pierre Laporte says he believes Ghana's economy has gotten to that stage where it can't be said to have turned the corner. Now, there has been raging debate about whether things have really improved for the economy. But speaking on PM Express Business Edition, which airs tonight at 9 p.m. on Joy News, Mr. Laporte noted that the indicators showed that things have improved. For me, one economic indicators that recently came out mm -hmm. are showing clearly that Ghana has, has now got hold of, mm. of signs of recovery. Signs of recovery are there, yeah. Or it has uh, turned uh, the corner. It, it has turned the corner, and the foundations are there because you know, low inflation is one of the most mm. most killing things. It's taxing, and if you manage to bring down inflation, it shows again you know the monetary policy we discussed that before. Mm. Yes, interest rates are so high, but it was needed to stop inflation. Mm. Now, this is what. Uh, we've seen but i i believe i i i 
I think uh, they tell me I am too optimistic. Mm. But again, I believe not because of optimism, but because the, the measures, the actions, the reforms that are now being taken, mm. they are they will put Ghana on the road mm. to a, to a more viable economic. Uh, so we are situation. on that path to stability, and we haven't turned the corner yet. Some would say. Well, but if your if your inflation was. 50, 40%, mm. now it's 30. I think you've turned the corner. And that's the World Bank Country Director, Pierre Laporte. And there's more on PM Express Business Edition at 9 p.m. on Joe News and all our social media platforms tonight at 9 p.m. Some bank treasures say they expect the recent pressure on the Ghana city to ease in the coming days. Now, this is due to the fact that demand for Forex is currently easing. There is more in this report. Some of these bank treasures have told Joy Business the pressure on the Ghana city from the previous month were influenced by the demand for forex by businesses to finance Therefore, they're expecting the situation to improve significantly when it comes to the local currency's fortunes going forward. The Bank of Ghana this week also increased its support for the market in terms of dollar support. Meanwhile, some have also maintained that the Cocoa Syndication loan before the end of this year may also contribute to the Ghana city's stability. Joy Business and the that $600 million will come in as the first run. The remaining $200 million will head to the Bank of Ghana's account next month. That is a business tax report. Meanwhile, 12 Ghana cities, 10 pesos. That's the average quotes that the commercial banks were offering to their clients today when it comes to transactional rates. If you walk, if you have gone to a Forex bureau today, they'll be selling a dollar to you at 12 Ghana cities, 35 pesos. Agric workers have described the performance of the sector over the last three months as expected. Latest GDP estimates released by the Ghana Statistical Service showed that the agric sector grew by 5.9%. Now, this is the highest growth compared to other sectors of the economy. Now, General Secretary of the General Cultural Workers Union, Edward Carroll, says government may have to do more to sustain this trend. We expected it to grow better than this, and uh, as you, it was indicated, um, it depends on the level of investment we are putting in it. It is our best sector that the least effort we put in agriculture will get better returns than any other sector. Well, it requires uh, more investment, making sure that budgetary allocation to the sector is actually get to the stakeholders or the target group, and then uh, also to ensure that any other factor that destroys agricultural infrastructure is uh, uh, abated. For instance, if we take Galamsey like this, it's one area that is also uh, uh, destroying agricultural infrastructure. So if you even invest more in agriculture by way of resources and so on, yet you are unable to address the uh, effects of Galamsey, then of course it will uh, reduce the impact of the investment that is put in. And uh, again, General Secretary of the General Agricultural Workers Union, Edward Karawe. Now, the Office of the Registrar of Companies say it will not hesitate to sanction businesses that fail to register their outfit. Now, the move has become necessary as more firms are failing to comply with these laws. Now, Matador say is the Deputy Chief Company Inspector at the Office of the Registrar of Companies, and he has been speaking to Joe Business after sensitization drive in Tema. 
if you don't renew per the law the sanctions will apply and it's it's going to be per day every officer will be responsible will be liable so we want our numerous clientele to know that you have to register the business it is mandatory to be recognized to gain recognition and identity for your own enterprise and then once you are registered you need to annually renew the business you need to renew the business you need to file your return annually so if it's sole proprietorship you renew if it is partnership you renew and that is the deputy chief company inspector at the office of the registrar of companies matilda osei Let's turn our attention to the uh, stock market. And if you are a shareholder of Republic Bank, you lost two pesos. And the share that you are holding right now is worth 48 pesos. To the other stocks on the market as well. And Fat Milk was up by 21 pesos and is now worth three Ghana cities. 25 pesos and that is how uh, developments are shaping up on the Ghana stock exchange in terms of how your shares fair today at the close of trading on the Ghana Stock Exchange. And events tonight on PM Express, the World Bank Country Director, oh, Pierre Laporte. That interview, that interesting interview, thoughts, Evans, that you don't want to miss. You know, his bit about the economy, the bit about whether it's doing well or not, his thoughts about the IMF program, his thoughts about the energy sector, you know, and whether things are actually improving, the bit about government should stop sole sourcing and make sure that every contract is now open for competitive bidding. So even you don't want to mess it at 9 p.m. on Joy News and all our social media platforms as you get the thoughts of the World Bank Country Director, Pierre Laporte, on Ghana's economy. And let's let's get context to this. Mm. This is his parting interview. Yes, of course. He'll yeah. be moving next week. He's out of town. Yeah, I mean, tell us more. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and how you got to got him to sit down. This is this I mean, is not your first interview with no, him. No, I remember that even the first. And the one last was interview generated yes. a lot of controversies that they, they decided that he's not going to grant any media interview again. So it's been hard pushing to get him to sit down to have a chat with us. I recall that interview is the one in which he, take or pay. Yes, <laughs> but also made the argument that way before COVID, yeah, signs of economic crisis were there yeah and that in and, and a lot of people use that when government said well listen uh covid was a reason yeah, yeah. to say but even yeah. the world bank boss yeah was clear but that even before i COVID, tried to push him on this and evans his argument now that he thinks that the economy has turned the corner he also thinks that yes covid and the russian ukraine played a part but with things might have not been that worse today if they had been that too. The argument also about the fact that it is only Ghana that is feeling the pinch. He claims that he actually oversees other countries in West Africa and they are struggling right now to recover compared to where Ghana is. So they are quite interesting argument that you went to hear his thoughts on the Ghanaian economy tonight at 9pm. And it's also going to be across uh, many social media platforms. The parting interview of the World Bank Country Director, Pierre Laporte. You're still live here on News 90, so enjoy 99.7 FM. Um, I want to bring in now uh, Mr. Kranti, who has the very latest from the world of sports. Hi, Evans. Let's go straight into the stories. And Brighton boss Roberto Di Zerbi has hit out at Black Stars head coach Chris Hutton after injured Tariq Lamte was named in Ghana's provisional AFCON squad. Lamte has been out of action since November and is still yet to recover. However, the 23-year-old appeared in Ghana's provisional list published by CAF yesterday, much to the surprise of Di Zerbi, who wasn't having it. 
Maybe the, the coach of Ghana doesn't watch the, the, the Premier League because uh, I I don't know how much time uh, we are playing without uh, Tariq Lamptey and uh, if he wants to play with uh, Lamptey I'm happy for Tariq but I don't know because he's not available to play with uh, Brighton how can he play with Ghana? You heard Brighton boss Roberto Di Zerbi is speaking there, bring that into sports. Back to you, Evans. And you live here on News Nights on Joy 99.7 FM. And uh, shortly we'll be telling you how to get your tickets to the family party in the park. You don't want to miss that. It's on the 26th day. I uh, to bring you details of that. Well, tonight, President Kufado is fighting off the tag of being a clearing agent who has been shielding his appointees of corruption before the courts and other institutions of state do so. Speaking at the launch of the national evaluation of the anti-corruption action plan here in Accra, the president indicated his administration detests corruption. It is important for the rule of law that the public institutions responsible for the detection, prosecution and the punishment of corruption, i.e. of crime, be accorded respect until their own conduct is impeached. If that respect is not prima facie accorded, the foundations of orderly government can be easily subverted to the loss and pain of each one of us. That is why so far, every single alleged act of corruption level against any of my appointees has been investigated by independent bodies, such as SHRAD, the Criminal Investigation Department of the Police, and in some cases by Parliament itself. It is not my job to clear or convict any person accused of wrongdoing or of engaging in acts of wrongdoing, despite the effort of some to tag me as a clearing agent. That is the job of the courts and the law enforcement agencies. My job is to act on allegations of corruption by referring the issue or issues to the proper investigative agencies for the relevant inquiry and action, including, if necessary, the suspension of the effective official pending the conclusion of investigations. That is exactly what is being done since I assume the mantle of leadership on 7th January 2017. He had a list of corruption-related incidents that have rocked his administration and how he handled it. From the allegations against the then Minister-designate for Energy, Bwachi Ejako, and his parliamentary confirmation hearings in 2017, to that against the former CEO of BOSS, the Honorable Alfred Obeng, to, to those to those against the then two deputy chiefs of staff and the office of the president, the Honorable Francis Asensubwache and Honorable Samuel Abu Jinapo, to the conflict of interest allegations against the Minister for Finance, Kenu Furiata, to the claims of extortion against the then trade and minister industry designate, Alan Shamateng at his parliamentary confirmation hearings in 2017, to allegations of doubling in visa racketeering against the then Deputy Minister for Youth and Sports, Pius Hajije, and the then Director General of the National Sports Authority, Robert, Honorable Robert Safo Mensah, who even though exonerated by the CID, later resigned, 
and the chairperson of the board of the National Sports Authority, mm-hmm. the Honorable Kwejo Ba Ajima. A tall list indeed. Well, I want to bring in right now Mary uh, Ada, who is the uh, acting executive director of the Ghana uh, Integrity Initiative, joins us on the line right now. Hello, Mary. Thanks for your time here on News Night. Thank you very much, Eva. Good evening to your listeners. Um, I am the executive director mm. of the Ghana The executive director, indeed. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, Mary, this document is one that I know all of you fought strongly for, and I'm talking about the National Anti-Corruption uh, Plan. Um, today, of course, the president was, was doing an evaluation of it. First, tell me, wh- for where you stand, if you do an evaluation of this document, how has it fared over the period? So thank you, Ivan, very much for the question. So what essentially is happening now with the NACAP is the fact that uh, there's going to be an evaluation which the UN, UDC, and the Statistical Service and other partners are going to do. From the preliminary uh, data that has been captured from the point of view of strikes, they indicated a little over 30, about 37% of all the activities which were put in the plan have been fully implemented. So we, you can talk about fully implemented 37%, and then some 88 or so of them are currently ongoing with three activities which have not been implemented at all. So you would realize that even though some action has taken place when it comes to the implementation of the NACAP, we still have a long way to go because we are in the ninth year, approaching the tenth year of the implementation. The good thing, however, is the fact that governments appreciate and the president himself has indicated he told us all today that the fight against corruption has been a nebulous event and it's been it's continued to plague society so it means they appreciate that not much has been done and a lot more needs to continue to be done and during this period though the president has also been assessing his own performance when it comes to corruption uh, using today's event do you agree with him? Uh, he believes that he's done what he should do to deal with corruption, listing a number of cases and telling us what he's done about them. In the spirit of assessing performances, what's your verdict on, on his performance? We would then say that whatever the president thinks he has done, which merits him scoring himself very high and placing himself on such a pedestal that no one has done what he has done before, it is interesting that the president in the same forum chronicled some of the efforts we have put in place in the past to fight corruption. He mentioned some which were even against human rights, which were jailing people, draconian sentences, people were fired, uh, firing squads, just because they had stolen some few monies or believed to have stolen some few persons that were... Uh, belonging to the state. And so for the president to say that he has done so much more depends on what he, the, where he's coming from. He mentioned some people. Exactly, but there are a lot more from the other side where we see things, we experience them, 
and then we talk about them. And we, it would even be more if the president listens to civil society, listens to the voices of contrary opinions, particularly when we shape this by evidence with the data we are picking. If the president says he is excelling, why is it that the corruption perception index continues to stagnate? Why is it that the Afrobarometer surveys have indicated that people have lost trust in the fight against corruption from a 70-something percent in 2017 to about 35% now. So the president should begin to ask himself some of those questions and then not be too peeved with the fact that people say he is a clever agent. Mm. I believe some reflection would help in that regard. Uh, thank you very much, Mary Ada, Executive Director of the Ghana Integrity Initiative to Tech Thursday now and Hask Technologies, an agri-tech company, emerged as a winner of the meeting edition of the National Innovation Challenge organized by the National Entrepreneurship and Innovation Program. The winning innovation from Hask Technologies is a mobile cocoa pot-breaking machine setting it apart from any other currently available on the market with its capacity to handle multiple cocoa pots simultaneously, allowing it to break 7,200 pots per hour. Now, this technology has earned the Agritech startup a prize of 100,000 CDs. Cocoa powder, just to mention a few of the delicacies from cocoa. But even before they can be processed into these, the pots must first be harvested, painstakingly cracked open, and the beans extracted from it. That process is the most difficult part of the cocoa processing chain. Farmers usually have to break these pots with either a cutlass or a wooden clap, which requires much effort and time. But there is a solution. It's an automatic mobile cocoa pot breaking machine, thereby increasing productivity by over 700%. Ni Ade Adefiu, the founder of Hask Technologies and winner of the National Innovation Challenge, has developed a mobile cocoa pot breaking machine with a capacity to break 7,000 200 cocoa pots in an hour. With our new design, our machine has the capacity to break over 7,000 pots per hour. Uh, it's also designed to fit into the buckets of Naboboya, therefore can easily maneuver through different farm terrains. Uh, uses diesel and it's very easy to uh, operate, build and maintain us. Nolwood fabrication came second with plastic lintel and fascia boards made from recycled material. Ecolin is a plastic form worksheet board made from recycled waste plastic to replace these one-time use wooden board in the building process. Code Club came third with their smart visual impaired kits which helps the visually impaired navigate their environment freely without any assistance. So what does Smart and smart stick dances. It detects obstacles and give feedback to the visually impaired person of an obstacle in the way of the visually impaired person. The organizers of the competition are optimistic that these innovations will contribute significantly to the economic development of the nation. Estan Kuma's report, right to you. Christmas. Enjoy these wherever you are. If you can sing along, sing with us. Or drops. And 
indeed what you hear in the background is sounds from Pampa and they'll be at this year's Joy FM family party in the park and it will be an unforgettable Christmas treat indeed you don't want to miss it the assurance from uh, programs manager here at Joy FM Adam Naite is that you really want to be part of this experience uh, which is next week Tuesday on the 27th